This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi everyone and welcome to TN Tehillim. This class is sponsored for for Shalema for Avram Ben Gittel. We're going to be learning tonight Perek Chaf. And this Perek is our trusty Perek Chaf, Yan Hashem Biom Tzara. This is the Perek that we pull out whenever we need it, when a Hatzala goes by, when somebody's in surgery, before somebody goes on a date, for any reason. This is our go-to Perek that we all know by heart. And my hope and my intention today is to, yes, for sure, teach you new life skills and tools and hopefully you'll use them and you'll benefit from them and your life will be better from them. And also another uh, intention that I have is that this parak should now take on a whole new meaning for you. It should become so much more meaningful and so much more, uh, you should have so much more kavana when you say it. So, okay. So this parak is said by David HaMelech when he, his troops are going out to war. He's in the palace and his troops are going out to fight with Yoav. And he's davening for their success and that they should come home safely and they should win the war. And also in this parak, he's speaking about how we should approach drawing in our own personal salvations. The ideas that I'm going to highlight in this parak are the most important ingredients. In fact, the first two ingredients that we need when attracting, when want, when desiring to attract what we want into our lives. Listen, we all have one life to live, and it's time for us to start becoming very aware and educated about the ways that we could use the gifts and the skills and the abilities that Hashem gave us to live the best lives that we possibly can, as opposed to remaining powerless spectators and victims. Because yes, Hashem is in charge of the entire world and He's, he's all-powerful and he, everything is un, nothing happens without His approval and He's in charge of everything. At the same time, we are, each of us are created in His image and He gave us all Bechira as well to choose to create, to use what we have to create better lives for ourselves. So David clearly delineates here in this parak that Hashem wants to give us everything in our hearts. He wants to give us all that we desire. He's always ready and waiting to do so. But we, it's the, we have to believe very strongly in our ability to have these things. We have to desire, what, we have to access the desire that we want, and we also have to believe very strongly in our ability to have what we want. And he says that these are the, are the, are the ways that, we're, that we become a cleat to be able to receive Hashem's goodness. So we're going to see these concepts in the Pesukim, and then at the end I'm going to give you clear met, a clear, easy method on how to maximize the use of these two ingredients, desire and trust, how to maximize them in your own life. And yes, we learned so many tools on, on trust. We spoke about tools of how to access our trust and how to strengthen our trust and how to access happiness and how that brings about good things in our life. But here I want to just, in a very organized fashion, I want to give it to you from the beginning. You're sitting down, you're making a decision about what you want in your life, you're accessing trust, and from there, you, yes, you can use all the tools, and you should use all the tools that we've been learning to help keep yourself, as you know, to help make yourself and continue to keep yourself as that cleat to be Mikaba all of the brachos that you want. 
So let's look inside. Parakhaf Pasuk Aleph. Lamnatech Mizmarla David for the leader Asam of David. Pasuk Beis. Yancha Hashem Biom Tsara Yisagev Hashem Eloke Yaakov. May Hashem answer you in time of trouble. The name of Yaakov's God should keep you safe. So Yancha here is second person. And usually David talks about himself. Hashem, listen to me and help me. Here he's saying, listen to you. He's talking in second person. So like we said in the introduction, who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the troops that he sent out to war. And he's saying, Hashem will answer you in your time of need, in your Yom Tzara. So my question is today, why is the Yom Tzara, the, the, why is that the time that Hashem is going to answer us? Why specifically in the Yom Tzara will we be answered? So I want to give you two answers. The first one um, is, is going to be illustrated with the following mushal. Picture a mother who has a little three-year-old, and the little three-year-old boy is wild, and he's opening up cabinets, and he's starting to drive her nuts lately, and he's pushing all the wrong buttons, getting her attention in all the wrong ways. And she just needs a break. She gives the child to his older sister, and he says, please, uh, Goldie, you know, take, this, take, him, take him to the park. I just need a break from him. And they're leaving to the park, and on the way to the park, she looks and sees that her little boy fell, and he's crying, and he got a boo-boo, and he's bleeding. Is she going to say, well, I'm not going near him because I need a break, and he's driving me nuts? Absolutely not. She's going to be there in a flash, right? She's going to be there with hugs and kisses and cuddles and, and soothing words and band-aids and everything that this little child needs. And the same thing goes for our relationship with Hashem. Hashem is our loving, compassionate Father in Heaven. And when we are going through a tzara, when we're going through a difficulty, that is the time that his rachamim gets triggered. So that's why specifically in the Yom Tzara, Hashem's rachamim is being triggered and He's coming and running to take care of us and help us through. The second thing that I want to say is that, the, the second idea is that the Yom Tzara is the answer. The Yom Tzara is the Yeshua. What do I mean by that? Consider a man who his whole life, he's going, he goes through ups and downs, and over the course of his life, people have told him, you should go to therapy and get some help, and you need some, you know, you, you probably need some advice on this issue, or some introspection, or whatever it is, and he just doesn't want to look in the mirror. He never wants to go get himself any help. And one day, he gets a huge patch, right? He goes through a huge crisis, and guess what? He can't point fingers at anyone else anymore. It's not helping him. He's realizing that he's all alone. And if he wants to help himself, he has to go get himself some help. So he finds himself a great therapist. And he starts going every week to this therapist. And before you know it, he starts to see that slowly, slowly, his life is improving. His relationships are improving. His mindset is improving. His self-esteem is improving. So this is what I mean, that the ace Tzara itself is the salvation. Hashem will answer us on that day that we're going through the tzara. Why? Because the tzara is the answer. The tzara is what's meant to be waking us up from our stupor and getting us moving and getting us going and getting us working on ourselves to try to create better lives for ourselves. And very often we notice this, that from the lowest points end up coming the best things in our life. Pasuk Gimel. May he send you help from the sanctuary and sustain you from Zion. So there's two types of help that's being spoken about here. There's Ezer, Ezrcha, and then there's Yisadeka, there's Sa'ad. So there's Ezer and Sa'ad. Ezer is 
what is the main source of salvation, the main cause of salvation is the Ezer. The Sa'ad is the secondary support. So it's saying here, Yishlach Ezrochami Kodesh, your, your main help is coming from Kodesh, from your relationship with Hashem, from your connection to your Kedusha, from your spiritual connection. Umitzion Yisadeka means that the troops that are coming out of Yerushalayim, that's going to be the secondary source of support. That's not as important as the, as the Kodesh part. So the message here is that, yes, of course, Heshtadlis is so important and we all need to do it. But remember that that's the Sa'ad. That's the secondary source of salvation. The more important thing is the Emuna. Everything has to come in the, back, in the backdrop has to be the Emuna. Pasuk Dalid, Yizkar Kalman Chosecha Va'olas Chaydash Nasela, may you receive the tokens of all your meal offerings and approve your burnt offerings. So here David is saying, Hashem, please, all the tefillos that we daven for these troops that are going to war, please, you know, Yizkar, remember it and take care of them. So if you look at the word Minchosecha, the Mepharshim here say that the word Mincha, you could see the word Mincha in Minchosecha. And we're asking Hashem, please remember our Minchas. What does this mean? And it's, it's alluding to the fact that mincha is specifically, is this, the, the tefillah that is specifically most valuable to Hashem. Why? Because shachras is in the morning and mariv is tucked away at night. And those are easier to remember and those are easier to do. But mincha, right, when the family's in the park and they're having a great time and everybody's enjoying it, everybody all of a sudden has to stop because it's getting dark outside and daven mincha, right? That's, that is why mincha is like, the biggest sacrifice in terms of tefillah, and it's extra special and precious to Hashem. Pasuk hey, May He grant you desire and fulfill your every plan. So here, my friends, is the first ingredient, is the first step in creating a life that you want to live. And this first step is called desire. What's in your heart? What are you wanting? What are you desiring? Because that is what Hashem is going to give you. Yitain lecha. That's what you're going to get. Your etzas, your desires, your thoughts, that's what's going to come true for you. Hashem is going to lead you in that direction. He's taking the cue from you. So do we want to spend our life not paying attention to our thoughts and feelings? Or do we want to actually learn how to direct our desire in the right way so that we could get what we want? And I want to just uh, show you how important this is. Let's say a person who went through pain their whole life, they had a difficult life. What do we see? Very often those people continue to experience more and more pain. Why? Because there's a subconscious desire in them that they don't want to give up. That pain is their identity and that's where they're comfortable already, unfortunately. So they don't really want to give that up and they stay in that. But if we become conscious that Hashem gives us what's in our heart, then we realize, wait a second, let me examine what's, what I'm subconsciously wanting without even thinking about it. And let me change it. Let me change it to wanting something better for myself. Um, just to give you an example of why we don't do this, <clears throat> why we don't put in our hearts to have something better, right? You would think, well, of course, we all desire what we want. Not true. Why? For example, think of someone who has a child who's low alenu, and this is terrible, but let's say a child who's moving further and further away from the parent. We see this more and more now in the Jewish magazines and in the world, and it's so, it's so sad, and it's so painful. 
But this is a reality, so I want to give you this example. So the child is drifting apart from the parent. What's the parent going to be desiring in their heart? What's going to be in their life? They're going to just say to themselves, I hope it doesn't, you know, that we don't become even more distant. I hope that we can at least be on talking terms and be cordial. The parent is not, is most probably not going to be saying to themselves, well, I, I, I just, my, I, I can't wait till we have this most loving, beautiful relationship, right? After all those years of suffering, the parent is just wanting a crumb. So the lesson here is that why why is why why do we stop ourselves from wanting from 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 desiring everything that we could ever want in our lives, and the answer is because we're scared that the, if the parent wants that loving relationship, they're scared because they see it as being impossible, and if it's impossible and I expect it anyways, then I'm only going to be crushed when it doesn't happen. The issue is that when we do this, we're closing ourselves off. We're not opening ourselves up to, to getting Yeshuos and to having miracles from above. Hashem needs to see that we believe, that we know and believe that anything is possible for Him. Like we learned to say, for Hashem it's easy. Just because you think it's impossible, that doesn't mean, obviously for Hashem it's not impossible. For Hashem everything is possible. So we can allow ourselves and we have to learn to step out of that zone and to allow ourselves to access our desires in the knowledge that Hashem is going to lead me towards that in the way that He sees fit. Hashem wants to give good to me. He needs to see that I trust in Him and that I believe in Him even when the circumstances seem so dire. So that was the first ingredient. The first thing we need to do is examine what's in our hearts. What am I desiring let me figure out what it is that I want. Let me get specific on what, what's my wish list, basically. Let me step out of my zone of like what I think is possible and what is not. And let me access my wish list. Pasuk Vav. May we shout for joy in your victory and attribute it to... Ha- May we shout for joy in your victory, and, and we should attribute the victory to Hashem, and may Hashem fulfill your every wish. So here is the second ingredient, the second step. The second step in manifesting the life that we want to have in trying to create the best possible lives for ourselves is the step of emuna. Niranana bishua secha. Hashem, I am shouting for joy at the Yeshua that I know you're going to bring. Before it happens, I'm, I'm now already, I know so clearly that you answer me and that you bring me miracles. So I'm already now getting into that mode. And this is the Amuna piece. This is the piece of accessing the desire, specifying what it is, and then remaining open and trusting and knowing that Hashem can do anything. If you look at the word Bishua Secha, He's not saying here, David's not saying we're going to rejoice, Bishua so, with Hashem's salvation. David is saying, Bishua secha. He's talking to the troops, to you, the troops. He's saying, you, because you believe and because you desire that salvation, it's yours. Hashem is going to bring you what's yours. He's going to bring you what you have in your heart. See, he, it, this is just another way that we see that David Amalekh is giving us He's showing us that we have that koach and that ability to affect our reality.
פסוק זין, עתו ידעתי כי הושיע השם משיחו, יענהו משמי קדשו, וגבורוס ישע ימינו. Now I know that השם will give victory to his anointed, will answer him from his heavenly sanctuary with the mighty victories of his right arm. So מצודס דוד says here, this is דוד basically saying, right, like we talk about all the time with the evidence, this is דוד noticing, עתו ידעתי, השם, you... You took my little army and you made me win against all these giants, the giant Goliaths, these giant armies. You made unbelievable miracles, many of which we discussed here in our classes, that Hashem made him act mad. That's what we discussed last class. Out of the blue, he started acting insane. Um, that Hashem sent a messenger to Sha'ol to say that he has to go, and in the middle of the whole thing, Sha'ol left with all his troops, and David was saved, right? All these miracles. So David is saying, Now I know because of all of this, That you make miracles for me. You use your right hand. Hashem's right hand is speaking about his, is what, it, what is specifically referencing the things that Hashem does that are that are above the regular average. He's saying, Hashem, you made for me massive miracles. Not stam. And that's why I know. Now I know. That's why I know that you're my Savior. Pasuk Ches. They call on chariots, they call on horses. We call on the name of Hashem, our God. Okay, so he's saying, so Hashem, now that I see the Yad Yemin, the above natural miracles that you're bringing me, they could come on their horses, they could put their faith in their chariots, this one could put their trust in their weapons, this one could put an effort elsewhere. Ani, v'anachnu b'shem Hashem Elokeinu Nazkir. But we, we know, we, we know that the main thing to do, we're going to stick to calling out to Hashem our God for help. They collapse and lie fallen, but we rally and gather strength. So those who put their faith in everything else, in the Rechev, in the Susim, and everything else, and not Hashem, they, they collapsed. But us, us who attribute, attributed everything to, to Hashem, not only did Kamnu, not only did we get up, we were strengthened. We gained strength because we gained this knowledge and this feeling of closeness with Hashem. And there's a very important lesson for all of us on this. And the lesson is, don't be a pusher. What do I mean? I mean, don't overdo your hishtadlas. When you want something, right? We, we spoke in the previous psukim about these two ingredients, about ratzon and about emuna. And we have to remember that, yes, the, the, the steps that come after that are for sure, you know, that we'll talk about in the future, taking action steps and doing things to get us where we need to go. But here, the lesson in this pasuk, means don't buy into trusting in everything else to help you. Don't push and, and, and go overboard with your hishtadlas. And, and get anxious and get desperate and get nervous and clingy to whatever it is that you want. Don't be a pusher. Instead, how should you view your hishadlas? I'm going to give you a mashal that I recently read that really helped frame it for me, that really helped frame this idea of how much hishadlas I should be doing in my life and how it works with emunah and hishadlas. 
So this is the mashal. So you should view whatever desire you have. Let's say you want to have a new house. So you view that new house and everything that you want about the house, the spaciousness, the location, the way it looks, it should, all of that is contained in a seed. That little seed that you're going to be planting has your wish in it with everything that you want included in it. And you're going to take the seed and you picture putting that seed into the ground in a little hole in the soil, in the very rich, nurturing soil. And you cover up the seed and you see there's like a little watering can nearby. You take the water, you pour a little water over it, and you walk away trusting that this seed has all the information that it needs inside of it to figure out how to grow. Hashem put that knowledge, it's unbelievable, into that little seed to figure out how to grow into the plant. And that's how we, ha and, then, and then every day, right? Every day you go back and you water it, but that's it. You don't hover over it. You don't overwater the plant. You don't worry, is it gonna grow? Is it not gonna grow? You have faith and you trust. And that's how we have to view things that go on in our lives, the things that we want in our lives as well. Very often people are pushers and when they're pushers, basically they're hovering over the seed and they're overwatering it and they're giving it too much sunlight, too much water, too much attention, too much worry and it suffocates and it can't grow. So when we want something, we have to water it, yes, give it the proper attention that it needs, but that has to come from like a, an energy of calmness and trust. We have, to, we have to walk away from it. We have to water it and then walk away from, from it and continue on with our lives, trusting and knowing that that desire is going to sprout from the ground because Hashem knows and Hashem is taking care of it. So how do you know if you're in the right energy or if you're in the pusher energy? The way you know is your mood. Your mood will tell you. If you're feeling relaxed and content and trusting and open, then you're in a good place. Then you're in that trusting place. You need to have that desire and you need to have that mood of trust. But if you're in a place of desperation and anxiety and, and, and worry and you can't stop thinking about it, then you're, being, then you're in a pusher mode. That's how you know that you're in the wrong place and that you're overwatering the plant. Pasuk Yod. Hashem Hoshia HaMelech Ya'aneinu V'yom Kareinu Hashem will help and he'll answer us on the day that we call out to him. So Hashem, you know, I don't like when we talk about our tefillos as like, yeah, we ask for things, but sometimes Hashem says no. Personally, I don't like the sound of that. That's not the way we're supposed to approach our davening. Like, well, maybe Hashem will say no. Like, what type of energy are we putting into our tefillah? Is that an energy of amuna? Rather, let's view it that Hashem says yes. It just may not, his, his, his Yeshua that he sends or the thing that he's giving you may not exactly resemble what you wanted. Maybe you wanted um, a house, right? But maybe you won't get the house, but maybe that space that you were looking for from the house, the essence of what you wanted about the house, maybe you wanted more space. So maybe you'll get that space in another way. Maybe emotionally you'll have more space because a person who was bothering you will fall away in your life. In some way, you're going to get that thing that you wanted. If you're open and you're trusting and you know what you want, Hashem will bring you the essence of what you want. It's just that 
it might not be exactly the way you had intended it to be. It's going to be in a better way. It's going to be in the way that Hashem determines is the best way for you. And also, it might not be exactly when you want it to happen. It might be a little later. So that's a, a nicer way of approaching our tefillos, that Hashem will answer us. You see how David has this emuna, Hashem Hoshia. He answers us on the day that we call. He's not saying, well, just no before you daven. He might say no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying Hashem will answer you on the day that you call. It means that if you have the ratzon and you have the emuna, you can expect that Hashem will deliver. Okay, so we learned some very basic yet crucial principles in this parak that many of us don't think about enough. We learned about the way that we could channel our koach to live the lives that we want by consciously identifying and specifying our deep desires and by activating trust that our desires will materialize. Hashem And we also spoke about this idea of being a pusher. Don't be a pusher. Being a pusher embodies... Pushing embodies the antithesis of trust. If we're trusting, we're not desperate. And we're not pushing. So... We also and we also spoke about how we could use this seed analogy. We just envision that seed going in the ground, and how and I told you that it really helped me, and it, it did. It really framed things very well for me. And there's certain things in my life that I was wanting and that I was like really feeling attached to, and this kind of gave me more of a of a detachment, of a softer energy, of a calmer energy. That the, it's a seed and it knows what to do. And Hashem knows how to take care of this. And I, I set my intention. I set my rut zone. I planted it in the ground. And now I need to work on my emuna and walk away and get busy with the rest of my life. Okay, so let's explore practical ways of delineating that which we want so that we can have it there in our leave. Right? We can have it there in our hearts so that when Hashem comes to take our shopping list of what we want, it's all there very, uh, very specifically written out. So how can we do this? You know, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's not always easy to know exactly what we want. So I'm going to give you a way of doing it. It takes a few minutes. But once you start doing this process, you're, you're, you're going to see that if you, if you stay on it and you're continuously using this process, it will become like a habit for you and you, you won't be able to not do it, basically. Okay, so this is, this is the process. It's called making a vision statement. And the way you're going to do this is that you're going to take any area of your life that you don't like the way it's going, right? Because if, if you do like the way something's going, your desire is being fulfilled. So you're going to look for something that you need to fix. That's something that needs to change. And you're going to basically, you're going to take out a paper and you're going to title the paper with that topic. So let's say you're going to the country and you want to have a nice experience. In the past years, there have been various issues that came up during the summer and it ruined your, your summer vacation, so you want to make sure that this summer, Hashem knows exactly, you know, exactly what you want. You become clear on exactly what you want. So you're going to take out a paper and you're going to write on top the topic, the country, my summer vacation in the country. And then under, right underneath it, you're going to write down all the things that go on there in the past, that have gone on in the country in the past that you didn't like. You're going to make a whole long list of things that you didn't like or things that, you don't, that you're nervous will happen in the future in the country. 
um, because those things are going to help you figure out what you do want. So we're going to start off with what we don't want because that's going to be the basis for how we're going to actually paint our beautiful ideal picture of a summer vacation. So for example, you write my, the, my summer vacation in the country and then underneath it you're going to make your list. What do you not like about the past summer vacations? I, the kids don't like day camp. I gain weight. I don't have enough time in the day to do my work. I feel isolated and lonely. The housework takes up all my free time. I'm overworked so I can't enjoy and relax. The Shabbosim are long and the kids are bored and they're, they're, they're on top, they're clinging to me because they don't have any friends, right? These are some of the typical issues that somebody might come up with, okay? And then you're going to make a line, like a separation, okay? So that was, that was what was the, the old stuff, right? Now you're going to make a line, and under the line, you're going to basically write your new narrative. It's going to be your new ideal version that's going to depict your entire summer in the country exactly as you want it to be, using the things that you don't like as your guide to figure out what you do want and to paint this clear picture of, you, of what you want. And you're going to write it in present tense. It's going to be as if it's all happening in real time, right now. You're going to put yourself into that beautiful, ideal summer vacation. So what's going to happen is this is the structure of the narrative. The first sentence is going to be your topic sentence. So let's say it would be this year, my country experience is better than ever, right? So just say what your paragraph is going to be about, just like you're in seventh grade learning how to write a paragraph. State what it's going to be about and put in those amazing adjectives, right? Don't say stuck in what you think is possible. Venture out of there. Move into the, to the, to the spiritual realm where everything is possible. This year, my country experience is better than ever. And then you're going to basically, like I said, in present tense, talk about what it's like and use that list to help you, the list of things you don't like. So you're going to flip everything around, basically. And you're going to say, I go walking every day with friends and I feel both socially supported and physically fit. My days are the perfect blend of busy and relaxed. The kids love going to camp and are bursting with excitement to go every morning. I get to enjoy peace and quiet and I get all my work done easily. Um, my friends are calling me to go out with them and I feel so loved and supported. I hire a cleaning lady who is happy to be helping me and my house is always sparkling. The rest of the housework is easy for me and the laundry seems to just get folded all by itself. Shabbosim are so fun and peaceful and they just fly by. They're so much fun that they just fly by. My kids are busy with friends and I'm able to take long walks with my husband and enjoy delicious Shabbos naps. Every day is easy and fun, basically on and on, using all the things that you don't like as a guide. And the last sentence is going to be basically a statement of trust and gratitude to Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for this beautiful and invigorating summer vacation that you are arranging for me, that you bring me. <sighs> okay, this was a long one, so we're only going to do one process today. This is, again, called your vision statement. You could do this for major life goals. You could do it for a small uh, a trip that you're going on, a simcha that's upcoming, uh, anything, anything that you want to decide in advance. How do I want this to look? How do I want this to be? I'm not just going to go let life hit me in the face with whatever it wants. 
I'm gonna do. I'm gonna follow the direction of David Amelach, and I'm gonna recognize that it's Yeshuascha. It's your. It's your Yeshua. It's what you want in your heart that will bring you the Yeshua that you're gonna be getting. So what we just said was really basically for specifying what we want. This vision statement. It really helps us to figure out what exactly do I want and paint that picture and to put myself in that place. To maintain trust, so you're going to start, so really that's, that's step number one in, in the rules of, of manifesting the life that you want and using the tools that Hashem gives us. The first thing we want to do is access our rut zone and really get specific about what our rut zone is. After that, you want to stay trusting, like we said about the seed. You want to walk away and know that it's going to happen on its own, that I don't have to be a pusher. I don't have to go crazy. Yes, I'm going to take action steps as I'm inspired to do so, but I don't have to go nuts. So to maintain that trust, um, you could. There are there's different things that you could do. You could say over this narrative every morning with conviction. And really just like repeat it to yourself every morning with that ending. Thank you, Hashem, for this beautiful summer that you're arranging for me. Um, or if you want a shorter version, you could even just picture that seed that represents this whole entire narrative. Picture putting it in the ground, covering it with soil, watering it, right? And then every day after that, you could just see yourself giving it a little water. See yourself watering your little seed. And then walking off trusting that everything, that everything is going as, as, as planned and that it's going through the process of starting to sprout. And you could also then just say that last line of trust and gratitude. Thank you, Hashem, for orchestrating all that needs to happen to bring me my ideal summer vacation. So that's a shorter version of it. If you don't want to go through that whole paragraph every day, just envision watering your seed. I'm walking away with trust and saying thank you, Hashem, for orchestrating everything that needs to happen to bring this to me. Okay, so I'm just going to request that um, I, I have gotten some beautiful things from you. Um, I have a WhatsApp group where some of you are reaching out to me privately and sending me some beautiful things. I'm going to post some of them on the chat, on the group, so that um, we could all gain inspiration from it. It's not a chat. It's just I... I only the admin is allowed to post things. So really all that gets posted there is, you know, classes and things that have to do with the classes once in a while. Um, so I, I'm going to request that if any of you do this specific process of this vision statement, if you could please send it in, um, send it to me privately so that, you know, send me a sample of it. And anonymously, I'll, if you allow me to, I would love to share it with the group anonymously so everybody can get a feel of how to do it. Um, so if you're not on my WhatsApp group, you could join at yalbertram.com on the TN to Hillen page. There is a button that says join the group. Very simple. You just click that button and you'll end up in the group and you'll have my contact information and you'll be able to reach out to me and share your progress. And also, anyone who's listened to me on Torah anytime, I would like to be updated about my future classes. Um, a lot of people don't know this. You could just click on the follow button. There's a little button that says follow near my name and then you'll be, you'll have, you know, you'll be updated about my classes as they get posted. So I hope everybody gained from this class and I really, um, I really hope that you're gonna try to get accustomed 
to writing these vision statements and, and make it a habit of doing this so that you could create and use those powers that he gave you to create the life that you want. Thank you so much for listening.